The following podcast is scheduled for one fall. Coming down the aisle at a total combined weight of 471 pounds, Casey Cage, Chad Jackson, Riker, Lale. Ladies and gentlemen, here is Wrestling for the Faith. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Wrestling for the Faith. I'm Casey Cage. And I'm Chad Lale. And thank you for joining us on this episode. And uh, we, as we continue through the book of Acts and, you know, when we first began this thing, we, we kind of knew that it was going to be something that we were going to bounce here and there, just uh, as the Holy spirit leads and testimonies. So as long as we're having spirit led conversation, that's all that matters. Uh, We were texting, we were texting one day, a couple of weeks ago and talking about rambling. uh, But We've decided it's not just rambling, it's prophetic rambling. So <laughs> yeah, I like it. Makes as sense. Long as, as long as we're talking about Jesus, it's okay. And we're just we're just uh gonna keep on moving through. So yes, sir. So you you was telling me you've had a busy day flying all over the place and then having to fly back out and you, you getting right. yourself prepared for the being back full time on the road, huh? We are. Yeah, I just got back into the Carolinas tonight. And like I told you before, my wife has never flown. So we are literally uh, – I'm home for about 10 hours. I jump back on a plane to take my wife and daughter down to Clearwater, Florida, where uh, I get the opportunity to actually preach. Um, so I guess – well, July 11th. Yeah, I'm not sure the date-wise. But, yeah, this coming Sunday, I get the chance to preach down in Largo, Florida. But, yeah, live shows, man, kicking off. So good thing is I get home Monday and I have – seven days off before we jump back into live events, uh, live crowds, I should say July 18th at money in the bank. And then, uh, raw there in Dallas. So it's, uh, it's, it's time to get back going, man. I'm excited. Excited. We've talked about it before, man, that, that live crowd, you can't beat it. So I'm, Mm -hmm. I'm looking forward to, uh, to turning it on and, and watching, uh, y'all might be, y'all might just be in shock, not know what to do out there. <laughs> uh, yeah. Free will. We got a little taste of it at WrestleMania. So <laughs> we should be good. We should be good. I, mean, I think it's going to be a different, different energy level. And man, we're, we're all excited just to get back into that live atmosphere. Yeah. All right. So we talked uh, last week um, about Peter. We talked about how Peter, uh, was a flawed man. Talked about some other flawed people uh, in the in the Bible and how no matter who you are, no matter what you've done, uh, Jesus loves you. He wants mm-hmm. to transform you, and He wants to use you. And so, just for anyone out there listening, if we didn't get it across uh, last week, Jesus loves you, and there's nothing that you have done so bad uh, that he is not willing to forgive you for and plant you on a new path and, uh, and use you for his glory. So I think, you know, we've talked about it, but that's something that, that just continues all the time to stir in my spirit. There's so many people today who feel hopeless, who, who feel like they've messed up too much, uh, and the enemy has condemned them and told them, uh, you know, God's done with you. He don't want anything to do with you. You messed up too many times. Uh, you may as well just quit. You may as well just lay down in your sin. Uh, you may as well just uh, give up on life. 
this is who you are and this is who you're always going to be. But, but that's not the truth. Jesus loves everyone and uh, he wants to transform everyone. I agree. You know, uh, you just saying that right now, what kind of comes to mind for me is we're talking about Peter here. We're about to jump into Peter's sermon at the Pentecost a little bit. And, and this moment where Peter stands up, he's bold. Um, and if you look at the end of John, all these disciples were hidden. They were scared or even the first, you know, first chapter of Acts, they were, you know, behind closed doors. They were scared. There was no boldness about them. You had Peter denied Jesus three times, uh, a man that had a temper. He was cussing and, you know, denying Christ. But then you go on and right into chapter two, not long. And you see that here's Peter, a man transformed, which is a word that's been on my mind all day. Um, being bold, filled with the Holy spirit. And the fact is, I think what, what I can, you know, uh, think about my past and there was moments where I was, you know, thinking, Lord, there's no way he can use me. Like I've just, I've done this, I've done that, but it came a moment where I started diving into the word and seeing these different, you know, prophets or whatnot, or apostles and disciples that were transformed because of the gospel, because they spent time with Jesus. So if it was so important for them to spend time with the living Christ, the living God, then it's very important that we spend time in the word uh, because that's where we start to become transformed. And that's where a person who thinks that they're not good enough or, you know, whatever they're going through starts to realize as they read this word, how much Jesus loves us, how much we are led by the Holy spirit. Once you call upon the name of the Lord and you're saved, uh, so I think that's what you see in Peter he is a great example of a man who's just broken and beaten and then ends up, you know, <laughs> preaching his sermon here and 3000 plus people give their, their soul to Christ. Yeah. That's, that's where we're about to go. Uh, Peter, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we were laughing last week because he stands up and he says, these are not drunk as you suppose. And, uh, you know, you said that's always cracked you up. It has me too. Uh, they were drunk, but they were not drunk with wine. They were not drunk with whiskey or beer. They were drunk on the Holy spirit. And, uh, anybody who's ever been in that position knows what, knows what that's all about. But Peter says that they're not drunk as you suppose. And then he, in verse 16 of chapter two, he says, but this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. And uh, verse 17, and it says, and it shall come to pass in the last days, says God, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams and your men servants and your and on my on my men servants and on my maid servants. I will pour out my spirit in those days and they shall prophesy. I will show wonders in heaven above, signs in the earth beneath, blood, fire, and vapors of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the coming of the great and awesome day of the Lord. Verse 21, and it shall come to pass that whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. So that's how Peter begins his uh, that's how he begins the very first sermon of the church. Right. And uh, Paul, go ahead. Go ahead. No, 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 go ahead. 
Yeah, no, and I was going to mention, you know, he, he mentions there, it shall come to pass that everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And we, we look at Romans 10, 13. I think you and I probably said this a few times. Paul mentions the same thing. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Um, and it's being saved that he's, he's talking about this, this transforming or this renewing and this being born again. And which is, is the pouring of the Holy spirit. And so, um, what were you going to say there? Yeah. Well, it's just interesting. And, and what, you know, we might've talked about it before, but one of the most interesting things to me about the Bible is you have other religions who have a book that was written by a person. And this Bible, our Bible, was not written by a person. It was written by multiple people inspired by the Holy Spirit. Over, uh, I might be, I might be misquoting, but like a fifteen hundred year span, if right. I'm not mistaken, somewhere along, that's a long period of time for these writings. Uh, to to be put together. And so what Peter is quoting here in Acts chapter 2, you can go back to Joel chapter 2 and read Joel's prophecy on that. So much of the Bible, um, the New Testament or the Old Testament is pointing to Jesus and what he would do for us. And the New Testament is looking back uh, at what Jesus did. It's, it's all about the whole thing from Genesis to Revelation is about Jesus Christ and him crucified, God's redemption plan. And if we, if we would really sit and dig into the word of God and look through it, we would realize this is not just a, a storybook of fables. These are, there are so many prophecies, and as we see, they're being fulfilled. Uh, you know, you see when they were prophesied and then you can look in other areas where they were fulfilled and we see stuff that was prophesied that we see today, uh, being fulfilled right before our very eyes. Mm-hmm. I like it. Cause it is like, I mean, me and a good buddy of mine have this conversation all the time, but when we're going through the Bible, how it just speaks to you, man. Like there's so many cross references from the new Testament to the old Testament and beyond how you can see how, you know, Peter and the disciples knew they knew the old Testament kind of like the back of their hands. So as they start quoting Joel, they they quote Isaiah. I mean, they quote the Psalms of David and it, and it all, and then you look at the, some of the Psalms of David and he's pointing and he's talking about Jesus. So he's already prophesying in the, in the, you know, foreseeable future that there's going to be a savior, you know, someone who's coming to, um, you know, be the ultimate sacrifice, that high priest, I guess you can say. So it it just blows my mind um, that, like you said, over that 1500 plus year span, God used certain men, certain women um, to write the pages of this book, this, this practically our roadmap in life. Um, And it is the living, breathing word that we are, we are to uh, pretty much be in day in and day out and just let it lead our lives, let it transform our lives. There's that word again. Um, yep. It's filled with the Holy Spirit. And, I, you know, to me, it's like uh, watering a plant or watering one of your favorite flowers or whatever. I'm no flower guy, but my father is. And he knows the exact way to 
keep these plants alive. Now you, you give it to me and it's going to die within two days. But for me, the, the Bible, reading the Bible, reading God's word, uh, reading these sermons, you know, the Sermon on the Mount, uh, Peter's sermon here, Paul's uh, letters is that water that's helping that Holy Spirit seed inside of me grow and flourish. So it doesn't, it's not going to die, but if I don't feed it, if I don't have that daily bread, then, you know, the Holy Spirit is, I mean, it's just going to end up dormant inside of me because I'm not putting forth the effort to, to nurture, you know, nurture it day in and day out. Right. And the thing that's, that so many people, the part that floors me that so many people don't get this these letters, uh, these are the Bible is not one book. The Bible is 66 different books written by right. different people. And it was over this, you know, over 1500 year span of time. It was not compiled into one book that we have as what's called the Bible now right. until like the year 300. So, yeah. You know, it was not like somebody sat down and wrote from Genesis to Revelation. This was that's I mean, if people could get that, that's the amazing part about it. That's one of those things. uh, That's one of those things that tells me God is real. What we read in here is real because and, you know, uh, several years ago, I I had a friend who, uh, who I'm not sure if he was atheist or, you know, what exactly he believed or didn't believe. Uh, but I know, you know, after I was saved, he was kind of one of those that, uh, you know, he thought, Hey, when I get back in the locker rooms and get back around the boys, uh, you know, all this, uh, Jesus stuff that Casey's talking about on social media, that stuff will go away, you know? Yeah, yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and it didn't. And so, you know, it, it got him wondering. And, and so he, he asked me one day, he said, Hey, why don't we go on a fishing trip? I'd like to uh, talk to you. I said, okay. Mm-hmm. So we go fishing and I know what he's wanting to talk about. Um, cause he had told me he had questions, but we sit down at the, at the picnic table at our river property. And I, I want to read something to him about salvation. That's what my flesh is wanting. But the Holy Spirit says, Second Timothy chapter three. Mm. And I'm arguing with the Lord, you know, in my mind, I'm like, <laughs> what, 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 you know, that's talking about, you know, in the last days, there'll be perilous times. Men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of pleasure, lovers of money, mm. proud, boastful. Uh, blasphemers, you know, God haters, all of this stuff. And so I just obey the Holy Spirit and I open to Second Timothy chapter three and I begin reading it to him. And in my mind, I'm thinking, this is not going to, I don't know what is going on here. This is not going to register. And, you know, I'm thinking I've got to have something about Jesus, his sacrifice, his blood, you know, uh, but I obeyed and I read that. And uh, when I got done reading it, he looked at me and he said, when was that written? And I said, between 66 and 68 AD. And he said, so 
that was written that long ago. And it's, it predicted everything that's happening in our world today. Come on. Yeah. And I said, uh, I said, yeah. And he <laughs> said, he said, man, he said, uh, there's no way that anyone from that long ago could have predicted how the world was going to be today. Unless, and he sat there for a minute. And then he said again, unless, and I said, they were inspired by the Holy Spirit. Yes. And he looked at me and he said, dude, you're right. There's no, yeah. there's no other way. And that's what's so amazing about the word of God. If we will just obey the Holy Spirit and let the word speak to us. I, you know, man, dude, I have this conversation with a good buddy of mine all the time. How we're just blown away by the fact that, and I have good friends and family members who just won't, I'm not going to say they won't ever, but right now their hearts are so hardened because to them, this is a fairy tale. How can there be a God if there's evil and there's murder and blah, blah, blah. But, you know, I'm thinking of when I read this, of uh, the story you're telling, and I go to Hebrews two verse three, and it says, how shall we escape if we neglect such a great salvation? It was declared at first by the Lord. And it was attested to, uh, attested to us by those who heard. Uh, and it said, while God also bore witness by signs and wonders and various miracles by gifts of the Holy spirit distributed according to his will. So he's giving us all this stuff that we have in the Bible through these eyewitnesses, you know, and that's what just kind of, you know, it's, it's not made up to me because there's, if it was made up to me, then Peter would have never, if this was a made up story and I'm writing the made up story, I wouldn't have uh, had Jesus, the ultimate, the ultimate uh, savior say to me, as I'm writing, get behind me, Satan. Like you wouldn't even put that in the book. Like you put yourself over in, in yes. wrestling terms. You know what I mean? There'd never be a moment where you're like, Oh yeah, I denied this guy. You'd be like, no, no way, man. I fought tooth and nail to defend this man, blah, blah, blah. Like it's, so you see things where the human side of, these disciples are shown and it's because they're, they're writing these out the book of Matthew, you know, he's writing this out. And then you see um, Luke writing certain things for Paul as it's going on in the book of acts and Paul's imprisonment and all that. So you're getting this eyewitness account of the true inspired word of God. So it's dude, it's crazy to read, you know, Timothy and, and certain other um, revelations, certain things that are going on. But even the book of like Jeremiah, like the first couple of chapters of Jeremiah, the prophet, uh, some of the things he says in the first two chapters are like, dude, wow, like this is it. We're experiencing this now. Yeah. Um, and it just blows your mind because that's Old Testament. So it even blows your mind even more. Right. And that's that's something that uh, a lot of people don't get. There's still prophecies from the Old Testament, from yeah. Jeremiah, from Isaiah, uh, from the others that have not been fulfilled yet and that right. are being fulfilled now. Uh, so, I mean, you said something a minute ago. Uh, if we as just mere humans were writing this Bible, we would be putting ourselves over. We would be, uh, we wouldn't be talking about our flaws. Okay. Who in their right mind is going to write a book talking about a savior talking yeah, yeah. about the king of kings, and he dies. Right. Why would he <laughs> die? Why would he sacrifice himself? If, if this was a made-up story, 
why would the why would the king why would the savior of the world sacrifice himself? It don't make sense. No, makes no sense at all, man. Uh, there's so much in the, in the word that you. I wish people could just get it. I have a good buddy that's an atheist, and that just man, I wish, and he thinks it's all just made up fairy tales. And I'm just like, gosh, you just truly experience it. Like if your heart was not so hard and, and, you know, you could allow God to transform you and work and, and make you new and just this Holy spirit will pour into you. You'd realize that that doesn't mean life's perfect case, you know, just as well as me. Every day we wake up, we have some kind of battle we're facing or some kind of temptation we're facing, but we know that that conviction and we know that the Holy Spirit's leading us and trying to, trying to fix us and make us better. Yeah. I want to read, I want to read, uh, I read uh, three verses here, uh, continuing on in Peter's sermon. And, you know, we're not probably going to hit every verse in the sermon, but these are very powerful. And I think uh, we've talked about the boldness of the Holy Spirit that came over Peter and the other disciples uh, after the Holy spirit fell on the day of Pentecost and how they were different people. Um, and these verses here, 22 through 24, just continue to show more of that boldness. As Peter stands up, he quotes the prophecy of Joel. And then in verse 22, he says, men of Israel, hear these words, Jesus of Nazareth, a man attested by God, to you by miracles, wonders, and signs, which God did through him in your midst, as you yourselves also know, him being delivered by the determined purpose and foreknowledge of God, you have taken by lawless hands, have crucified and put to death, whom God raised up, having loosed the pains of death, because it was not possible that he should be held by it. This is, this is Peter, the same guy who was terrified for his life and who, who denied Jesus because he was terrified for his life now. And I know we touched on it a little bit last week, but that's such a powerful point for people to get a hold of how the Holy spirit transforms us. Mm-hmm. This Peter who denied Jesus three times now is standing up before these religious leaders before all of these people on the day of Pentecost, and he is preaching and telling them the Jesus who you crucified, God raised from the dead. That's just such a, you don't just do that in your flesh. Your human emotion don't make you do that. There's some transforming power of God on the inside of you that brings out this boldness. Right, right. And I think we, verse 24, I wrote down, uh, you know, it said God raised him up, losing the pains of death because it was not possible for him to be held by it. Jesus was, Christ was sinless. Therefore, death had no power over Jesus. And um, you see Peter, as you mentioned, as we've mentioned, he was transformed. And what happened was God's growth model is preach Jesus. I think maybe you said this to me this morning and I wrote this down. I said, God's growth model is preach Jesus. Let the Holy Spirit work and move people to repentance. And that's what Peter was doing here. He was allowing the Holy Spirit to work through him. Uh, A new man, a new creation, uh, as you see, Peter goes on and on. And 
preaches this mighty gospel, this good news that helped transform others, man. And like, dude, it just blows me away that he, you know, <laughs> so many chapters ago, he was denying Christ. You know what I'm saying? It just gives us hope. It gives many, many people hope of, of just how good the Lord is, man. Exactly. Uh, he goes on preaching. He, he, he quotes prophecies from David. Uh, mm-hmm. And, and then yeah, he goes on preaching Jesus. And, and like what you said, we were talking about it earlier this morning. So many churches are caught up today in a uh, church growth movement. They, they want to do something to get numbers. They want to yeah, yeah. get something to bring people to the church. And there's nothing wrong with bringing people to the church. There's nothing wrong with wanting to have a big congregation. Uh, but our, our focus should be on feeding the ones that we have. Mm-hmm. Because as the book of Acts shows us, when we preach Jesus and we allow the Holy Spirit to transform people, he will set them on fire. You won't have to you won't have to go out and beg for people to come to Jesus. The Holy Spirit will do a work in people. They will be so on fire for God. They will go out doing the work of the ministry. That's another thing, Ephesians 4, that we talked about last week. They will go out doing the work of the ministry. So if we just preach Jesus and we allow the Holy Spirit to transform people's hearts, then as here on the day of Pentecost, 3,000 people were added to the church that day. 3,000 people were saved. Tell me, have you ever heard of a modern church growth program that has brought 3,000 people to salvation in one day? I'm not talking about bringing somebody to a church festival or an outreach event. I'm talking about people saved, born again, transformed by the power of God. 3,000 in one day. I've never heard of a church growth movement or model that has done that in this modern day. Right. And I think what, you know, I love the book of Acts because it takes me out of my comfort zone. So it makes me think of what, what we have, what we as a, the whole world has been through over the past year and how it's shaken the church but I think it's shaken us out of our comfort zone and it's caused the church to realize, okay, we can't continue to uh, be behind closed doors. We are meant to go out as it said in Acts one eight and share the word, share the word. We're, we're meant to go out and spread the gospel. We're not meant to wait into a building and hope people come in. You know, I'm not a pastor of a church, but as a Christian, as a believer, as a witness, uh, we are called to go out and spread the gospel. And I think what Peter, you know, so you go back to the book of Acts when, when they're all behind closed doors, they were scared, they were frightened, they were, they were lost, they didn't know what was going on, but then they were filled with the Holy Spirit. What did they do? They didn't stay in that one area and hope people came and saw them. No, no, they went out and started spreading the gospel, man. And I think there's a lesson to be learned here as a Christian that we have to get out of that comfort zone. And when you are transformed, when you are made new and reborn and you allow the Holy spirit to work in your lives, it, it, it starts to bring out a boldness in you. You know what I mean? And you see that with Peter, you see that as we continue through the book of acts when Paul is, uh, you know, our Saul is, 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 is saved on the road to Damascus and becomes Paul and all this. There's just so many amazing accounts and amazing testimonies in the book of acts that we're going to touch on eventually that, 
give me hope because sometimes I feel like I'm not bold enough, but I do feel the Holy Spirit stirring in me and saying, just trust me and I'll continue to work in you if you allow me to. He, he will, he will always, he will always do a work in us. And that's, you know, uh, we, you were talking about it just a little bit ago. You didn't actually quote Romans eight, but what you were talking about made me think of Romans eight, you know, that basically to sum it up, it, it talks about if you, if you're feeding the flesh, then your flesh is what's going to dominate. And if you're feeding uh, the spirit, that's what's going to dominate. And, you know, I told you this morning that uh, I was sitting in church last night and heard a sermon and it was talking about starving your idols. And, and even me, uh, just for people out there who, who might look at us or look at their pastor or look at other Christians and say, Oh, they're, they're strong men and women of God. You know, uh, no, even me, uh, the Holy spirit started convicting me, uh, while I was sitting in church last night and, and showing me that there were some idols in my life that was taking up yeah. too much of my time. And it, it was not necessarily that it was bad things. It, it was not, uh, that I was, looking or listening to sinful things. It was just things that were taking up more of my time than God. And James says uh, to him who knows to do good and does not do it, it is sin. So sometimes there might be things that the Lord is convicting me about that he's not convicting you about. Sometimes he may be telling me, Hey, uh, you don't need to, you need to, in my example last night, you need to stop listening to this so much and start filling yourself with this. Yes. And, and so it's not necessarily that you are dealing with a sin, but anything that is, is feeding your flesh and your worldly desires more than your spirit, uh, it can become a problem. So None of us are perfect, but the whole point of what I'm trying to say is we need to obey the Holy Spirit. When that conviction comes, when he begins to reveal these things to us, that's how we grow as Christians. If we refuse to uh, submit to his leadership when he convicts us and, and reveals things to us, that need to uh, we either need to slack up on or that need to be cut out of our lives. If we refuse uh, to be led by him, what we do is we sit in one place. We become complacent. We become stagnant. You ever seen like a five gallon bucket of water that's set outside for like a year and just filled full of rainwater and it's all green and nasty. That's what we become. When yeah. we refuse to move forward, when we refuse to submit to the leadership of the Holy Spirit, we become that that bucket of, of water. We become stagnant. God has no reverse. God is always moving forward. And no matter how perfect we may think we are, no matter how much we think we might have arrived, God still has another level for us to grow daily. Amen. And I think, you know, we're bouncing all over the place. We're, we're, we're being led by the spirit, as we always say. And I go to the, the first, our first John two fifteen through 17. And I'll breeze through these, uh, these scriptures here, but it's do not love the world or things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the father is not in him for all that is in the world, the desires of the flesh, 
desires of the eyes and the pride of life is not from the Father, but is from the world. In verse 17, it says, And the world is passing away along with its desires, but whoever does the will of God abides forever. I've always been a huge fan of that word abide because in John 15, and we've said it numerous times, Jesus uses that word more than 10 times. I believe it's 11 or 12. And abide means to dwell or to reside or to, to just sit and be with that person practically. And I've always enjoyed these, these scriptures in first John two. I did a sermon to a youth group one time, because this is how I lived my life. The desires of the flesh, you know, the pride of life, the desires of the eyes or the lust of the flesh. You know, it's how it's what drug me down. It's what Satan used to drag me down and take me away from the Holy spirit. And in verse 17, it says, but whoever does the will of God, or to me, whoever abides in the will of God abides forever. And it's allowing the spirit to cleanse us of all that. It's allowing that spirit to, um, you know, clean that water, that clean that, that, that drum of water. You know what I mean? That, that we're not stagnant. We're not the sitting in the world. And you mentioned this today. We had the conversation, like there's things that you're <clears throat> convicted of or whatever that you're like, okay, I'm spending a little bit more time with this than I am with the Lord. And I don't think it's, if you listen to this today, don't think we're sitting here going, Oh, wait a minute. Uh, because I spend two hours a night watching a TV show with my wife and, Oh man, God's going to be mad. That's not what we're saying. But if you're convicted about a certain thing, for me, it was heavy metal music that I used to listen to when I was younger, that certain lyrics. Well, once I started getting closer to God, he started convicting me of those and going, maybe that's not good for your spirit. And now mm-hmm. I don't listen to it. It doesn't bother me, but it doesn't mean that I still don't enjoy some classic rock here every once in a while. But what we're saying is don't allow that to take time away from uh, your time with God. Because then you start to make it an idol. Uh, you start to kind of fall back into that worldly pattern because, hey, man, if you give Satan an inch, brother will take a mile like yeah. really fast. And it's very easy to fall into that trap and go, all right, man, I'll watch this TV show and I'll read the Bible later. You know what I mean? We have to be in the word. You know, Casey and I are morning people. Uh, we like to get that word and that coffee in early. You know what I mean? And it starts your day off right. But like he said, there's still moments and gaps within our day where we're like, and I really need to fill that with whether it's a five minute prayer, a little devotional or a text to a brother saying, Hey man, like what's a good verse you've read today? Just bouncing things off of each other. Yeah, definitely. So you said we was bouncing all over the place, but I don't really think so because (laughs) we have, we have started and ended on talking about, the Holy Spirit and how he transforms us. So that's yes. what this episode is, has been about. So uh, maybe it seemed like we were bouncing just because we wasn't staying right on uh, the verses in the book of Acts, but uh, the Holy Spirit leads and, uh, and he guides us, man. And I believe, uh, you know, like we said, he knows exactly who's listening. He knows who's going to listen in the future and he knows what they need to hear. He also yes. knows uh, that we are listening to ourselves talk at this very moment. Preaching and ourselves. We, uh, exactly. We are preaching to ourselves. We are feeding ourselves. So uh, Sir. that's, you got anything else before we close this one, man? Man, I don't, I don't want to, uh, I don't want to, you know, continue to pile a promo on the top of all this stuff. <laughs> I think, I think we can save some for next week's episode, but just, the, the word transform, uh, you and I talked about it today. It was on my heart since this morning. And it's just, man, allowing God to transform your life. And it's just having that relationship with him. I'm preaching Sunday. 
about taking our place at the table with Christ. You know, in Revelations 3.20, it says he stands at the door and knocks. And nobody stands at your door and knocks unless they want something, unless they care about you, unless they want to have a conversation with you. And that's what I'm going to talk about. And if we allow him to come in and sit with us and we take the time to sit with Christ, there's a transformation that is in that, that is a part of that, that you like, man, I words can't explain it because I've, I've been there where I was broken and beaten. And I was there when I opened up that door and finally said, okay, Jesus transform me. So today if you're going through something. You got our emails, you got our Instagrams or Twitters. Uh, we're always available to talk and just lead you guys, you know, in the truth and uh, just show you the gospel and how much Jesus loves you. Amen. I feel led to close out in prayer on this one, man. Amen. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we love you. We, we thank you so much for this word. Thank you, Lord, for your Holy Spirit and your leadership. Father, I just pray that these podcasts and, and the words that we're sharing are touching someone's heart. Lord, I pray for that transforming power your power in the, the hearts and lives of everyone who listens to this word. And Father, I just pray that, that it'll plant seeds and, and Lord, that they will be shared. And Father, I pray that you get all the honor and all the glory. Father, I pray that everything that we do with this podcast and with our individual lives, Father, that it just glorifies Jesus, that everywhere that we are, our workplaces, at Walmart, wherever we are. Father, I just pray that the Holy Spirit just glows on us, that people can tell that, that we are different. Father, I pray that for all Christians, everyone listening, everyone around this world. Father, let people see that we are different, that we are not like the rest of this world. And Father, I just pray that, that uh, you would continue to draw people to you and that you would continue to save the lost father in Jesus name. Amen. Amen, brother. Right on. All right, everyone. We love you. God bless you. Have a wonderful day. You've been listening to Wrestling for the Faith. Follow Casey Cage on Twitter at Real Casey Cage. Follow Chad Lale on Twitter at Jackson Riker WWE. And follow the show at Facebook.com slash Wrestling for the Faith.